said, or maybe Matt said, Scott was going to say without further ado and then introduce me. And I said, wow, I don't know that I've ever been further ado <laughs> Like, that's something. Like, when you get up and somebody says without further, that means you're like, so listen, we need to lower the expectations, okay? <laughs> Start off kind of high. We're going to bring them down just a little bit. Um, like Scott said, I am the, uh, the lead chaplain, the senior chaplain of the Elkhart Police Department. My name is Jason Brooks. I know many of you, and there's some, uh, quite a few that I don't know, um, but thanks for coming. Thanks for coming and listening to me. I know it was put out there last week, so I'm surprised anybody showed up, but again, thank you. Um, this morning, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to share my journey. I'm going to take time just to share how I got to where I'm at, how our family got to where we're at, and then I'm going to just explain to you what I do as a chaplain for the police department. Many of you might know, many of you might not know. And then I'm going to challenge us. I'm going to challenge us from the word. So here's my first question for you. Are you ready? Six of you. Good. Thank you. We'll get there. Towards the end, we'll all, we'll all be there. Um, hey, so my family is here this morning. We've been going to this church for about 19 years. This year is our 19th year of attendant pathway. Um, that is my beautiful wife next to me, and then obviously our kids on the, on the right there. Ryan will graduate this summer. My daughter just uh, finished up her second year at North Point Bible College. And can I just say real quick, I'm going to share a lot of stuff this morning. And I want you to realize, the one person that has been there, I'm not going to cry because I don't cry. <laughs> the one person that has been there through every single thing is the lady sitting next to me. We celebrate 25 years this summer of marriage. Um, and I, I will tell you this, and most will, will understand, um, most men will understand, when you have a supportive wife, you feel like you can take on the world and you can do anything. And I wanna thank her for the support that she's given. Listen, we didn't necessarily sign up for ministry. Um, I, I told you we've been married for 25 years. Straight out of high school, I went in the trailer factory. Literally graduated Friday, Monday morning. I was a holiday rambler. About a year, spent 13 years at Dutchman Manufacturing. We didn't think that we'd be in ministry. Um, God began to work on our hearts, uh, especially on my heart, because the first three or four years of our marriage was horrible. Um, no, no doubt about it. It was me. I was selfish. I was prideful. Uh, I treated her rudely. There's a scripture in Ephesians that says, men, don't, don't treat your wives harshly. Don't be harsh with your wife. The Holy Spirit convicted me of that big time, and I began to say, I, I need to do something different. I wasn't challenging myself. I wasn't being challenged. So we began to look for uh, another church, and we found this church. Interestingly enough, before this church started, Scott came to me and asked if me and Sarah would want to be a part of this church launch, and I looked at him. I said, nope. I didn't give the Christian answer and say, ah, I'll think about it, and I'll pray about it. I said, no, I don't want to be a part of it. You see, Scott and I grew up together, best friends, still close, great friends to this day. And I knew he would challenge me. And at the time, I didn't want to be challenged. I was comfortable exactly where I was. Uh, I was attending church. I was not living the life I needed to live. When Sarah got pregnant with Jade, I began to think, I don't want to be the dad that is different on a Sunday than he is the rest of the week, if you guys know what I'm saying. So we, we, we came here. Long story short, we spent 13 years here during that, excuse me, 19 years here, 13 years on staff. Um, this, that's a story in its own as far as how God called me to that, but I was on the leadership team at the time, and the, the staff and the elders began talking about adding a pastor. Again, I'm working at Dutchman. And I began to think to myself, that would be pretty cool to be on staff here. So I began to pray about it. I'm like, God, that would be pretty cool. Listen, 
I didn't fall before the Lord on my face. I didn't. I, I didn't cry out to him day and night. I, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. I didn't. For six months, I just said, God, that'd be cool. What do you think, God? You know, just kind of, I don't know, kind of crazy. Um, I was coming home from work. Those of you that are in the trailer factory, that was, it was one of those 8.30 a.m. days. That don't happen no more or what? Uh, now, I, you know, got there at quarter to four, but, you know, down around 8, 8.30, had breakfast with Scott. The way Scott tells it, he said, Lord, if this is just a couple friends talking, you know, pastor and elder, you know, leadership team member talking about stuff, awesome. If it goes a different direction, then so be it. It went a different direction. He said, hey, what do you think, what would you ever think about being a pastor? Specifically here at Pathway with what we've been talking about, I'm like, I'm like, listen, I've been thinking and praying about that for six months. I didn't tell Sarah, I didn't tell anybody. And Scott said, we've been praying and thinking about it for six months. I've been talking with the other elders, with the other pastors, with his, his mentor. And at the end of the conversation, he's like, what's stopping you? I'm like, well, two things. Money, because I knew what we were able to pay a pastor. I knew what I was making at Dutchman. So I said, money and my wife. I haven't said anything to her. I can't just be like, yeah. We're he's like, all right, go home and talk to your wife. We'll go from there. It was summertime. I, I remember she was outside. We were, she was actually in the pool with the kids. I'm like, hey, what would you think about me being pastor at Pathway? She goes, I, I think it makes sense. She goes, I know there's more in you. And nothing wrong with being the trailer factor. I was there for 13 years as, as, as group leader, as line leader, as, as just on the line. But, but we both knew God had something more for me. So from that point forward, we came on staff. We spent 13 years here. And then within that time, Scott began to challenge us as a staff. I know Matt was on at the time. Um, and we've talked here about serve here and serve there, right? Get involved here and serve here. Get involved in the community. Scott challenged us to get outside of these walls and serve in the community. And I said, okay. So I got connected with an organization called DreamsWork. DreamsWork did inner city um, mentorship to, to kids in Elkhart, specifically through Hawthorne. So I had a, a young kid that I was mentoring. The leader of that organization's name is Jim Bontrager. Jim Bontrager um, is, is still a chaplain at Elkhart City Police Department. He was a senior chaplain at the time. So him and I began to form this relationship, and he said, hey, have you ever thought about being a police chaplain? I said, no. He said, I think he'd make a good one. I said, I'm not interested. So for about a year or so, he kind of kept on me. I remember we went out to lunch, and he said, just give it a try. Just go on. I'll set up a ride-along, go on a ride-along. I'm like, okay, I'll go on a ride-along. I loved it. I loved it. I, I did a midnight one with, a, with an officer that's still on to this day. Um, now, I didn't realize I didn't have to stay the whole shift from 11 till 7 a.m., and I remember this. At 10 a.m., I was meeting my brother to go kayaking with our kids. I'm like, this is nuts. I, at 7 a.m., I'm getting home, and we're leaving in like three hours. But I loved getting to know the individual I rode with. Now, at that point, there wasn't a lot of real deep conversation because as I'll explain here in a little bit, it takes a while for officers to trust anybody. Um, but I loved the opportunity just to be there. I loved hearing things. I loved the opportunity to know that at any moment, something could change. Uh, any moment that the whole day, the whole night could change. And so I began to serve as the chaplain, uh, one of the chaplains in 2012. Um, and as I, as I continued to serve, Scott began to see a passion and a call in my life, be, probably more so or before I did. And we would talk about it. Uh, we would talk about it even at yearly reviews. Here as I'm on staff, and, and he says, hey, do you ever feel a, you know, a bigger call? I'm like, ah, you know, I don't know. Well, in um, November of 2019, the beginning of two, November 2019, Jim came to me. We were at a, a briefing at the PD, afternoon briefing, and they were done with it, giving everybody their assignments. And he said, hey, could you meet me and the assistant chief in his office? I, we have something we want to ask you. 
And I knew what it was. Because Jim had been talking about he's kind of in a good way getting pulled out because he's speaking so much. Matter of fact, he's gone right now uh, in D.C. But he speaks all over the United States to officers and chaplains and does training with them. And he's like, somebody eventually is going to need to replace me in the leadership role. He's still on as chaplain. So he took me in the office and asked me, would you, be con- you, know, would you consider this? And I say, yeah, I'll consider it. So I went home, talked to Sarah. She goes, yep, makes sense. I said, well, you know, I need to run it by Pastor Scott. Ministry is a big deal, right? Um, there, there's, a, there's a lot of moving parts in it. So going into ministry and being the lead chaplain versus a chaplain is a big deal. So Scott and I talked about it. I told you I've known Scott for a long time. He said, hey, he said, you're getting ready to go on vacation in November. Why don't you kind of just take a break and let, we don't have to make a decision. Let's pray about it. Let's think about it. We'll come back and talk when you get back. And I think I might have told Sarah this. I'm thinking, I don't think he's crazy about this, which was not in his character. Like that didn't seem right. I'm like, ah, I don't know. We come back. We go out to lunch. We're sitting across from each other. He said, hey, let me ask you this. What's stopping you from doing this full time? And in my brain, brain, I'm going back like, what, 13 years prior to that as we were sitting at Essen House. This time we were sitting somewhere else. Uh, 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 doesn't matter. We, we, I was eating a burger. I know that. Because <laughs> I was talking a lot, and I'm like, this burger's going to get cold. And, um, where's it going? So... He asked me what's stopping me. I said, two things. And what do you think those two things were? Money and Sarah. I, I hadn't said anything to Sarah about, about this full, you know, doing full time. Let me help you understand something. The, the chaplaincy at the police department is volunteer. They're, they're, they weren't offering me a job. This wasn't for pay. This was just taking over the leadership of the chaplaincy program, which we'll talk about here in a second. And Scott said, listen, I, I see the passion. And, this, and he said, and guys and gals, listen, we have an amazing pastor here and wife Scott and Megan lead well. They're not perfect, right? But I can tell you they have the heart for this church, for this community, for you, for your family, for your relationships, and specifically for your relationship with God and how he's called you to serve and what he's called you to do. And we honor him for that. And, and, and I honor this church as a body saying, yes, take a break. Take a break. Come back refreshed, renewed, and continue to serve alongside us, continue to lead us. And at that moment he said, I don't want myself you know, me and Megan, the, the church doesn't want to stop you from what God's calling you to, right? And he said, what is holding you back from it? And I'm like, nothing. Outside of, you know, money. And, and, and so, so I went home, talked to Sarah. We're like, okay, I, I think this is how God's directed us. And I can tell you this, Sarah saw this. Sarah saw a change coming long before I did. Um, and, and guys, listen. And I'm telling you, listen to your wives. Listen to them. Uh, sometimes they're, all the time they're, have your, listen to your wives. <laughs> so as, 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 as time went on, we deven- began to develop a plan, and obviously you know in, gosh, I think maybe it was the summer of 2020, um, whenever, yeah, I think that was it. when I kind of got released of duties here. The church blessed me for a little while on uh, financially to help me get started. Pathway still supports me uh, monthly as a missionary. But I began to go into this role as, as senior chaplain um, at, at the police department. And um, I, I will tell you, it was hard even leading up to it. But, in, in I, but I, I saw it, like I told you, Sarah saw it coming. I saw it coming. Um, in 2019, we were at a conference. It was myself, Scott, and I think Matt at the time. As a matter of fact, it was like a year ago right now. Oh, excuse me, uh, 19 and 20. What do you do the math? It was 2019 right now. 
And I was praying, it was, we had a worship service, and I, and I was praying, I was just thinking about this whole thing. And I don't journal a lot, there's nothing wrong with it, I just don't. But I got my phone out and I began to write notes what I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying. And, and this is specifically, this is exactly what I wrote. It said, I sense it, a call to chaplaincy full-time. I fought it because I'm scared and because I'm comfortable with life right now. What if I was a U.S. home missionary as a chaplain? So the Assemblies of God has a U.S. home missionary department as, as U.S. home missionaries. I said, what if I was as a chaplain? And I didn't even know anything about it at the time. I'm just like, I don't know, it sounds right. I don't want to leave Pathway. I don't feel led to leave Pathway, so how does this work? Well, I will condense it really quick. I, I am currently a U.S. home missionary chaplain with Assemblies of God, and our family is at Pathway. There's a lot that happened between it, but God worked it out. And I say all that to say this. What are you dreaming about? What are you asking God for that you're a little scared? You're a little hesitant to take that step. And, and Matt hit it, man. The God of impossible. Ephesians 3.20 says this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power at work in us. It's not according to us. It's according to his power at work within us. When we allow him to work in us and through us, he begins to do things that we can't even imagine. Listen, do you understand that? Like, you're praying these things, and God's saying, yeah, you're here. I can do these things that you can't even imagine. Okay, well, I'll start imagining them. Too late, I'm already out here. You can't imagine this. Like, you can't get ahead of them, but it works when, 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 we, when, we, when we reserve ourselves to say, okay, God, you're in control. This isn't about me. This is about you. And that sounds all great and awesome, and we can clap and say amen, but you and I both know when you're in it, it's tough, okay? It's tough. But God says, I can, I can do it. I'm there, and I can do it. So in 2019, as I was asked to be the senior chaplain, I stepped into that role, and um, you know, currently that's what I'm doing as a, as a missionary. I raise funds to be able to do what I'm doing. God has been faithful, and, and he's gonna continue to, do, to, to be faithful. But as I look back on my life, and as you look back on your life, some important things happened. And one thing that God wants you to do is to grow right where you're planted. You know, sometimes we're so discontent with where we're at now. We're, I, I can imagine, because I'll put myself in that box, that, that, you know, check that box and say, okay, God, I'll do this for you if you just get me over here. And God's like, why aren't you doing it here? I'll give this if you, if you increase this. And God said, no, that's not how it works. I, I will talk to that individual. I'll, I'll share my story here if you only put me over here. And as I look back, I'm not bragging. You know, Paul says, that he's not bragging on himself, he brags on what God has done. And I look back at my time in the trailer factory, and I had instances where guys would come and, and say, hey, you go to church, what do you think about this? And I had the opportunity to share. I didn't shove it down their throats. I couldn't force them to do it. I just shared with them. I had instances uh, when I was on the, in the trailer factory, I did multiple part-time jobs from firefighting to coaching to laying carpet to roofing to landscaping to mowing, all this kind of stuff. And each one, I look back, and I'm like, God, you allowed me to grow right there. And trust me, there were times where I was not happy with where I was at. Like, God, what else? Like, what else? What else? But Luke 16.10 says this. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. The question is, was I faithful with what was in front of me? Are you faithful right now, today? Tomorrow morning when you wake up and you go to that job, are you faithful? You know, God says that you're not working for the man, you're working for Jesus. 
Are you putting forth your best effort to say, God, you put me here for a reason. And if, he, if, if God moves you on, be at peace with it. But don't move on out of discontent and think that you're going to do something better over here 